Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a special edition of the Rose Experience podcast. I'm joined once again with my good friend Stephen Danton of Utah Studios. How's it going? Great good to be man. here. How you been? I had a stutter there in the video. I don't know what happened, but are you good? No, it's fine. I'm good, yeah. Good. Um, life is treating you well, I suppose. Yeah, working hard, but having fun, you know, uh, doing lots of cool stuff. Yeah, that's good. You're going well. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm I'm getting over. We were supposed to record this last week. Yeah, yeah, you're feeling better, right? When your little guy starts going to daycare, I know this used to be a big pet peeve of mine on podcasts when guys talk about how they're sick and shit, but <laughs> I don't like little guy gets sick then it just goes through the entire house and like my wife is hacking like she smokes three oh, packs of cigarettes a day That's too bad. and this is like this is going on week two so yeah um i mean we're fine it's cold and flu season but i'm, right. I'm toughing it out you know good good <laughs> nice to, to give you that good content i'm toughing it out <laughs> yeah so today uh we're gonna get right into it but we're gonna focus on one game and one game only and that's the game of the hour i suppose which is the Elden Ring. Yes. Nice. <laughs> got the steel book here, the Elden Ring. Awesome. If you see it in the back, I got the that collector's edition. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, the, the, the statuette there. That's awesome. Man. Very nice. Very nice. Actually, with that sick-ass sword. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's insane. Very impressive. Yeah. Are we allowed to talk about spoilers, or do we just want to keep it kind well, of... Let's, yeah, let's preface that uh, right up front. Um, this is not a spoiler cast. This is going to be um, a breakdown of what we think of the game from both of our standpoints. Steven comes from a dev standpoint, and obviously we're both huge fans of video games. Sure. And I guess I'm going to come out of it from a critic standpoint. I mean, I did once. I've hung my shoes up more or less. <laughs> but I, one day this old man used to be a pseudo-professional critic of video games. But I guess we never stopped being a critic in life. Sure, anyway, yeah. at least I know. So that's sort of be like dev versus critic. We may agree. We may not agree. And we'll just let it flow from there. But it's not a spoiler cast per se, but it may delve into spoilers. So if you're wary of anything to do with Elden Ring in terms of spoilers, uh, probably best to avoid and come back to it later. But I will leave that in your beautiful hands. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't really write a ton of notes how to get started on this, but I don't know. You know, I guess I'll just start with the general question. Um how are you enjoying Elden Ring so far? What did you roll as a character and, and what's been your broad stroke experience? Yeah, it's a good way to start. So I finished it two weeks ago. So now. You're finished. See, this, yeah. is, this is another thing. We haven't really even talked about what we're going to talk about. Right, so, right. Yeah. so it'll be interesting because you're earlier on, right? So that'll be good perspective to kind of, like, so I will say my perspective has evolved from kind of the, the first bit good. to good. the end, right? And so I rolled, uh, I, don't, I think I just made like a warrior or knight or something like that. I can't even remember the names of the characters. To be honest, mm -hmm. I, one of my knocks on from, from software is not a knock, but it's it's almost the character should be like blank slate or like not. Like having the 18, like whatever, they have nine different character types. Yeah. They don't really matter. You can, like if you're the samurai, you get a katana, which is kind of more powered. And if you, you know, you can kind of s sort of start with different stats, but you end up having the ability, like in all from software games, to respec. Yeah, it's just pretty make it pretty you want. You almost need to respec anyway, unless you're like somehow clairvoyant or you read guides before you play. And we're going to get into that later. Yeah. Um, uh, and then my overall impression is, I mean, I I really really like the game. It's uh, 
I don't. I haven't sat down and thought about how I would stack rank it against other From Software games, which is probably a smart thing to do. But I really like the game. It is truly, truly massive. Like it is. I, yeah. I would even at the end when I finished it, I beat the quote unquote last boss. I just ran around. I didn't go new game plus right away. I ran around and like looked for other stuff, and I found like two or three other whole areas that I didn't even find that were okay. just like gigantic and really cool to kind of experience. Uh, so from that pers- perspective, it's probably the biggest game I played probably in my whole life, actually. Uh, now, I, as you know, I don't play a ton of AAA games, so maybe other games are, like, maybe it's as big as The Witcher. I don't know how it compares. But, so it's massive. I don't know. I have, at the end, I wanted it to be over. And not, I wasn't right. like, I wasn't kind of like, it wasn't the experience you have at a great movie where like, oh man, that was, it's done. But like, and it was an awesome experience, but I want a bit more. Okay. I was like, okay, I've, I've, I've seen everything I've done. I just wanted to finish the last couple bosses. And so I guess my last thing I'll say on my impressions, I, I thought the last stretch of bosses, especially the very last boss, I, I absolutely hated fighting that last boss. And I've talked to a number of friends that are like, this is bullshit. Common <laughs> sentiment. Yeah. And again, yeah. um, I mean, rather than just jump in on that point, we will build up to that point. But I, it's it's stuff that I've heard. So yeah, I mean, my general perception. I'm much earlier on, and from our first conversation, you'll remember about me is just I, I have to wait. I, I can't play these games right now. And again, my point will be underlined with some of the things we're going to talk about later as to why. I, yeah. It's just it's not worth it. But I I started off as a samurai, and as as to your point, yeah. Like it doesn't really matter. It 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 matters at the beginning, and then you know you build out from there. Yeah. Uh, but you can be anything you want. Just because I rolled a samurai doesn't mean I can't roll. You know, become a faith build right. uh, later yeah. on in the game. So be it. But um, yeah. As to your point about also about the game being massive, I I play more AAA games than you. Right. Um, the scope is beyond impressive. It's really tra- hard to put into words in video game terms in terms of the scope of the game and just the whole there's a lot of games that just say you know it's just go out there the you know go anywhere and figure it out as you go but you kind of find that's not true in a lot of games. right it's it is basically true in this game for better or for worse yeah uh i don't in terms of scope like the only thing i can compare it to off the top of my head is skyrim right yeah and like skyrim in, in I finished, you know, I, what does it matter? I got the platinum trophy on the old PlayStation stuff. But, you know, I, I think at the end, it, my play clock was like 135 hours in that. And I think, though, at the end of that, <coughs> excuse me, I'd seen pretty much all there is to see in that. Right. Whereas I don't know after 100. Now, I play slower than most people. Sure. I just do. I, I sort of take my time and really explore and, and see everything around like if a guy, if someone will tell me a game, you can finish the game in fifteen hours. It'll most likely take me twenty. Okay, that's yeah. just the way it is. Yeah. So Elden Ring is going to be this massive undertaking for me when I really, really go. But um, Elder Ring's bigger than Skyrim for sure. Yeah. So I think it is. I mean, other than some PC, you know, CRPGs and and things like that. But even then, I, I, it's definitely the biggest game for sure. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I. I can't wait to jump in fully. I probably put about like, I mean, I probably put like 15 hours in. Okay. Yeah. And, and I've honestly like just put it down for the time being because I was having 
I never planned to really jump in anyway in terms of like full bore. Right. But I was having tech issues, like big ones. Yeah. And I just, again, 45, 43, yeah. I don't play games like that. I, yeah, my yeah. time is worth far more to me. Right, right. In my life. Yeah. And there's way, 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 way too many games out there yeah. for me to say, I need to play Elden Ring. I lose nothing right. by not playing. But yeah. anyway, this isn't a conversation about that. This is a conversation. Were you playing on PC or, or PlayStation no. or what? PlayStation 5. Okay. And you had tech, you had like stuttering and stuff or? Yeah. Um, like I, my meager experience, I've experienced enough. And then I've read a ton about the issues that other people have. One of my, my pet peeves, I guess we can roll into that. Yeah. Um, as our first sort of, you know, breaking down point. It's just one of my biggest pet peeves in terms of tech issues in video games. is like when they're widely reported and then you get this one guy, well, I never had any issues, so I don't know what you're talking. Well, okay, come on, man. I'm glad. That is amazing that you yeah, didn't yeah. have it. No, yeah. truly, like that's that's awesome. Because there's there's sometimes I play games where people are like this is buggy. I've had literally no issues. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I just hand wave and dismiss like right. the thousands and thousands of people are having like game breaking glitches that are erasing saves or things of that nature. Not saying that exactly is happening here, right. but you know, there's there's AI resets on dragon fights and there's uh, there's a myriad this game bottom line is it's a buggy game with massive tech issues yeah and i had actually problems on the pc build I, it wouldn't even run for me until i forced my graphic for some reason on windows 11 it would only recognize uh my onboard graphics card wow so it wouldn't, really it wouldn't red, recognize my my dedicated graphic card so i had to go in and tell DirectX or windows actually using device settings to like force it to use the gpu and then it was fine because otherwise it would like load up and run it like two frames a second and crash. Yeah. Uh, and that took, a, you know, it took me like uh, half an hour of like Googling and, and trying. And what's your stuff. graphics card in your. I have a 2080, whatever, the T something. Yeah. The, okay. The, so what can you yeah. run? This is great though. You're on PC on PS5. We can give two different ideas. Like, yeah. So what, what, um, spat like. I ended up running it at, uh, 1920. I didn't run it. Like I, I could, you know, theoretically you could try to run it four click K, but it got slower. So okay, I, wrote, so how I ran it basically like 2K. Yeah. How many frames it, per second would you get? Uh, it never felt slow. It would stutter a lot. Like it definitely, you just, it, and that feels like almost like you, when you're playing, remember all the old, I don't know if you ever played Ultima Online. Like the old. I, did, but I, okay, I but think I know where you're going. And the old, like the old MMORPGs, maybe they even have, I haven't played an MMORPG, like World of Warcraft Nators, but like those old ones have a lot of prob- problems with like rubber banding or elasticing or whatever. Yeah. It seems like, like it has that problem. And then, yeah. and then you yeah. leapfrog forward through time. Yeah. yeah. And I was actually watching a speedrunner, the guy who has the world record, right? Or did at least yeah. did under like 25 Seems minutes. Like it's broken daily. Right yeah. Now. And so he was saying that um, he has a theory that the game clock is kind of always out of sync. It's either a bit slower trying to race faster. So it's always playing this weird game of like catch up. Hmm. And that's why it has this problem of like sometimes it gets out of sync and like actually gets behind itself and then it catches up really quickly. I, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, I had some technical issues with it too. Uh, I didn't have any game breaking bugs. I thought there were some bugs with quests and I, they kind of maybe were some quest bugs, but you know, if you log out of the game and log back in, it kind of snaps yeah, back in. Yeah. Uh, I will say the quests in, from software games are generally quite bonkers. Uh, and so like, uh, I have, we can get into all that. Like I have some theories as to why they're that bonkers. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, we can kind of take the conversation wherever you feel like. So I'm going to kind of take, from my standpoint, I'm going to take uh, my points in terms of the way reviews were for this game. Sure. I don't, 
numerical scores don't mean anything, but it's hard to ignore the 97 Metacritic for Elden right, Ring right, right now, which yeah. I mean, listen, I'm going to say this and I don't mean any disrespect to the game. I, I don't think the game is a 97. Like, what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think it's a nine, but I can't believe. And I, I just, the problem I have with reviewers, I just think there was no way this game was ever going to review poorly because the people that are going to review souls games are the people that love them. Right. Yeah. You know, for, for a major outlet, that's just going to be the way it is. And yeah. it seems like I I've said this forever. And it's like, you shall not trespass with any criticism with from games, unfortunately, but I don't give a shit. I'm going to say whatever right. these games get a pass in a lot of ways. Um, whether it's reused assets and animations, hmm. whether it's um, the user experience and obtuseness of certain things that, other games, like, I know this for a fact. There's other games out there that would get m- destroyed for doing the exact same things that From Games, where the excuse for From Games is like, that's just all part of it. It's teaching you how to be the game and, you know, what, you don't want to search for things and, you know what, it, you know, the the adventure, you need thing handheld to Dude, I've been playing games since you were probably never even existed. Like, I don't need this stuff, but it's 2022 sometimes, but... And but just on point in terms of the tech issues, like contrast it with Horizon Forbidden West that literally came out right beside yeah. it. Yeah. Where Horizon Forbidden West did have some tech issues, okay? But uh, in terms of the grand scope of things, I'll even be forgiving and say they were equal, okay? Mm-hmm. Where I don't think they were. I actually think Forbidden West runs better and they've addressed a, a ton of stuff. Now Elden Ring has two right. in patches. Yep. And it's gotten better. But at launch. Like all I saw in Forbidden West reviews were, you know, this the tech issues were abundant in, in the writing. Right. I didn't really hear almost anything to do with them in Elden Ring reviews. I haven't actually and read even any if they were, that, so, yeah. And even if they were mentioned offhand, they were not knocked for that. And I just I'm not really I'm I'm kind of confused as to how that skips over. Like what do we as reviewers what constitutes a penalty? Or like like, I understand, like, and I'm not even in reviews. I'm a firm believer in giving 10s. Yeah. Like, the, a 10 doesn't mean a perfect game. A 10 right. to me means an achievement that transcends the genre. Not even trans, achievement of the genre that transcends its small issues. Right, sure. Like, you know, you, the, there are issues. Maybe there are, and I don't know, but I've never seen a game without any. Right. But maybe I, there I are issues. there's a piece of software ever written that doesn't have some issues yeah like yeah. That, but you you know what i'm saying like yeah. uh, you can award 10 10 doesn't mean perfect there's right. no such thing and right. even if there was perfect every person's perfect is different right yeah, totally, so, yeah yeah but I, you're guess, perfect, I mean there's a cover yeah there's a conversation to be had about uh like a meta conversation about like what is the function of reviews and what's the is it is it like i always wonder and i've never i don't even have an answer to this it's, it's to me it's an open-ended question so there's uh there used to be a bookstore in Seattle that I'd go to and you'd go there and it's like, it's like the old video stores, right? It's like, you know, Jason's list of 10 movies you should check yeah. out. Right. To me, those are recommendations. That's based yeah. on like, okay, like me and Jason have similar taste and I'm always going to like his, his stuff. And so I'm going to, I'm going to rent that one because it's on his list, but that's very different in my opinion than being a critic, right? Like a critic's job is to kind of, I think, understand the state of the art, move the state of the art forward uh, make sure that they're challenging and pushing things at, at kind of as a collective, blah, blah, blah. And it's unclear to me in the current, 
in the current where gaming sits today, it's unclear to me if reviewers are trying to be more critics or they're trying to be more recommenders. It's, um, it's a it's a great yeah. question, Steve. I and I, I stand with you. And I, I the problem with games media on the whole, we're we're getting sidetracked. We'll get back on in a minute. <laughs> but games media on the whole is a profession that like games is are bigger than films in terms of yeah. income and, yeah, and revenue. Yeah. And, but the reviewers and people in the critical field are put on the level of film reviewers, like, but they're not paid as such. So right. they don't retain the quality. Like the anyone that's any good in that in that um, quote unquote profession, right, moves on. Yeah, yeah, because they can't sustain their life in it. So it's an entry level position that's counted on to give professional criticism that they most aren't experienced enough to give. Hmm. Now, one could propose that the the point of review is to give one, you know, person's opinion. Right, if it's an opinion piece, piece, which but yeah, I don't need like you come to an IGN or you come to a polygon or, or wherever um, for them to be some step above in terms of their experience Mm -hmm. and critical nature and thinking of games and they can weigh things differently. But I just don't think most of them have that, that uh, the ability to do that. And that's, I think where reviews get stuck on that speed bump of what you were talking about in terms of like, I, I, I see this thing, like I'll see someone write a review and then I'll say, well, you know, saying that it may not be a game for everyone. That line should never be in a review because if you've done your job as a reviewer, you've told me if this game is for me right? or if it's not for me. Yeah. You don't, that is a line, a lazy line that should never be there. Like obviously if I'm reading, reading a review of Gran Turismo 7, right. I'm going to know if, if, if a vehicle game is for me or not, or if I want it to be, the first time I jump in based on your words, yeah. I don't need you to put that line in there. Yeah. Obviously Elden Ring isn't going to be for everybody. Right. Like, right. I don't need you to say that. It's, yeah. it's, it's stupid. Yeah. But yeah, and also, anyway. you know, to, to double down, I don't think it's uh, a measure of success that a game is or isn't for everyone. Right. Mm. Like we don't rate movies that way. Right. We don't say like, well, this is a, you know, a popcorn, you know, Sunday summer movie. And therefore it's a 10 out of 10. And you know, this super esoteric art film, you know, is, is a four out of 10 because it's only for 40% of the population. Like that's ludicrous, right? Sometimes the worst films are the ones that highest gross the highest of and course, the ones yeah. that win all the awards are yeah. ones that no one saw. Right. So, yeah, you know, it, it's same in games, but this just happens to be hand in hand where the right. commercial critical sets are going to be uh, together with the Elder Ring. But let's, you know, let's, yeah. let's get back into the topic. So I hand. will say just a random compare, games in your no, review. Yeah, yeah. To compare like kind of Verizon, um, uh, not, yeah, uh, uh, and and Elden Ring, I guess I haven't played. Uh, um, I've only played Elden Ring, so it's like, I guess I would say Elden Ring still more or less stands alone as the game that still doesn't hold your hand and does all these things, right? Mm-hmm. For better or worse, but it still like kind of stakes that ground of like every time a new one comes out, everyone's like, oh, oh, it's too difficult, or it needs more guidance, or would you add an easy mode and Miyazaki just stands up and he's like, look, I designed it this way and this is what I believe in. And everyone's like happy that that exists. And I think that's why he has such like almost like religious level support yeah. with people because they're like, please don't take this one thing from me because it's the only one I have in AAA games to hold on to. And so I can appreciate that sentiment. I will say, I will say as I've gotten old, old, I don't know if it's older or as I played more games, 
the difficulty well first off Elden Ring is much easier than previous from software games so would you say easier or accessible I okay or so would you say both I would say that uh I think that for me it offers you more options to power your character up and to o- overpower your character so that you can make make uh challenges like bo- hard boss fights easier okay than previous games whereas previous games you could more easily and sometimes really truly get stuck on a boss sure because there like, was no and even in yeah. Elden Ring when you do hit your head up against difficult in so far now there are certain you know gates where yeah. narratively you won't be able to progress unless you push through correct but yes. you, that doesn't mean you couldn't do anything else in the game you could yes. go do other things whereas yeah. i mean yes i guess you could do that in bloodborne but still you need to go along this path Sekiro yeah. was even much more uh stringent whereas that was you only have one way to go and yeah. you couldn't go off and level up Right. Without, you just have to keep hitting your head against this boss until you you push through. But we can do the difficulty discussion. But I I talked about that before, and I think we're in complete agreement. I right. I I respect that Miyazaki stands his ground, and I dismiss the people out there that demand some sort of change to his you know the ex- accessibility nature in terms of difficulty in his games which is funny because a point I'm going to bring up later runs contrast to that. So I'm a hypocrite, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I will say this one, it gives you more freedom and makes you feel, which I think is quite well done from a design perspective. It makes you feel like I'm still in the game, even though I'm, I'm effectively making my life easier. Like my, my, my hard, easy, difficult is very much built into the gameplay and more, more open and you have more choices within the context of the gameplay, whether it's as simple as like, your spirit summons or, you know, getting friends to help you like those kind of classic from things with the addition of the spirit summons, or it's just like farming ruins and going, getting stuff and over leveling yourself for enemies. So that, that I think makes it easier. Uh, but my point on that was like, as I get older, I, I find I had a kind of aha moment with, with Elden Ring, which was I get very little set or increasingly less satisfaction in the terms of like, yes, I succeeded when I defeat a boss. And it's much more about, Okay, good. Now I can go see more of this cool world. Okay, and that was like that's a but like I I never framed it in that way. But I actually think retroactively that's how I've always seen those games. Okay, it's like I really the bosses. Like as a designer, I think the bosses in some from software games are actually just broken. Like I think that they the camera and the scale of the enemies is unfair. And I think that that's that's ridiculous. Like I, I think the, the fights that are my mo- the most satisfying are when you're fighting a guy who's roughly the same size as you, and um, you know you can see their moves and they're a humanoid kind of guy and stuff like that. Those feel like fun. Fair I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it's something. It's not just Elden Ring dependent. Um, no. It's all their game dependent. Yeah. And although I run contrast to you in terms of I see ever that's that's a great thing about video games in general. This is not a, an Elden Ring. Um, and before I go on another tangent, it drives me insane where everyone acts like Elden Ring is and from games are the only games to do these things. You know, their bosses teach you things and teach you things along the way. Every fucking boss does that. <laughs> Every game like, ever made does that. And, but the, from games are the only games that they make excuses for the bosses kicking their ass. Like there's, if you played Bayonetta 
and a Bayonetta boss curb stomped you five times in a row, the same guys that, that are like, oh my god, I lost 300 times, but it taught me <laughs> something every time. If you die five times in the boss of Bayonetta, you're going to be crying online. Right. It's just a double standard. Sure. <laughs> and you won't, you won't convince me otherwise. Right. I think from games really benefit from this, this weird double standard. And it sounds like I dislike these games. Dude, I love these games. Well, they're some of my favorite ever, yeah. yeah. But I love the bosses. Okay. okay? I, I, I love boss fights in games. I can't understand. I see these threads sometimes. It's like, I wish boss fights didn't exist. It's not like, why are we playing <laughs> video games? I don't know. I want this culmination of this buildup of this awesome enemy right. that I got to face. Yeah. But that's me. Yeah. But I agree with you. It's not about difficulty. It's the game and the system and the camera are insufficient as the games as the bosses grow in scale. Right. Um, and it's just bullshit. Like you have to get close to these bosses, the big ones. And then you can't really take in the attack. No, like because- yeah, you can't really know what's going on and the camera spins around you and like yeah, it's I, I just as a just to frame this conversation. So I think Punch Out on Wii, I think we've talked about that before, has actually a very similar model in terms of combat to Dark Souls games. Where right. any, all enemies have strong read poses, follow through, they change it up. You have a limited set of moves, you have stamina, et cetera, et cetera. It, In many ways, Miyazaki probably just stole the idea from Punch-Out and put, put it into kind of a more open setting. But the and thing about... people really jump on that, yeah. like if you think about it and pause, you know, use two of these <laughs> instead of one of these, you realize when all these things, you boil them down, they were inspired by something. Miyazaki right. didn't just like create this thing he was inspired like there's so many inspirations in these games like creatively and gameplay wise all over the place and it makes perfect sense what you're saying so the big difference with punch out though is it's a fixed camera and it's just you and the other person who's always on screen and they actually dark out the background so it's like perfect silhouette that boxer you really can just focus on the gloves etc etc even though the, the bosses also have everyone's a boss have special moves and little tricks and some are gimmicky guys like, uh, you know, King Hippo and some are kind of more tricky, like Bald Bull or something like mm-hmm. that. But they, they, you always know why you lost. You always know why you succeeded. There's multiple levels of mastery, et cetera, et cetera. To me, that's kind of like the master class of how to do boss fights in, mm-hmm. in a fair fighting way. And if, if that's a 10, you know, from software is not at that level and they have some technical hurdles to overcome. They have some design hurdles to overcome. Uh, I think, I wonder, and I, I this is another thing I felt that after playing through Elden Ring, that some of this design is intentionally done to provoke conversation and encourage reading guides. So you build this kind of meta community that helps market and spread word of mouth. And I think that's true of the, the random crazy stories they have, the, the very convoluted quests they have, the bosses that are like obscene in some cases, they're obscenely difficult to beat. And so I've started to believe it's much more calculated than maybe I originally believed. Okay, let's put a pin on two of those points you talked about, which was the quest and the conversation that deviates outside of those games. And let's come right back to those and finish what we're talking about in terms yeah. of bosses. Yeah. Let's get back to something you said initially when you're breaking down your impressions about the end game bosses. Because yeah. this is something that I've heard echoed by a myriad people. Right. That for all the beautiful design and, and, and scenery and locales and biomes that you're visiting that the boss designs are bullshit. Like some of the one hit mechanics and it's just, 
it's not difficult it's unfair and it and it forces you not to fight in the same way you're looking for ways to cheese them more or less yeah yeah and that's true you know and i talked to a number of people that have fought well they're just without spoiling things there are two last bosses that's kind of what people think yeah yeah in terms of like there's kind of the boss that everyone will get funneled towards and there's the boss that people can find yeah right um <laughs> for me the storytelling on that is bizarre and it, it didn't it didn't make sense to me and I, I you know i could go watch videos and they'd probably fill in the holes but that felt like a the end the, the path i went down I, honestly not to be a dismissive or, or kind of flippant but i almost felt like they tacked on the last boss just because they like someone did a character design they just threw that last boss you gotta use this yeah yeah that's what it felt like uh and there are moves that that last boss does that I still don't know how to, that I've probably played, died a hundred times to it or something. I still don't know how to avoid. Huh. And that to me is, uh, you know, that's, that seems unfair. Yeah. Like it's not the, the whole thing that, um, souls fans hide behind from fans hide behind from fans hide behind of it. Teaching players, right. The whole gameplay has to, but that just goes out the window because it isn't true. Yeah. It's, like I, I mean that boss right there. Yeah, she has some bullshit mechanics in her second phase. Like that's just yeah. not. Like, it's not. Like, what is that? That's not good game design. That's yeah, not that, good boss design. Yeah, that boss I had to respect. And I and that, it's, a, it's a way yeah, of cheesing. Like, like, but it is a way of cheesing. Like, I had to respect blood, so that I could burn down her health fast enough. Because I had, I went like sorcerer or katana, right? So I don't know okay. what that's called, but I'm sure there's a soul's name for that. Where I was like gravity magic. And then uh, the Moonville Cantana. And okay. uh, that was great. Like, it worked really well, and I was able to beat all the bosses. And some are, it's really fun, actually, because you can't block, and you have to learn how to dodge and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but for her, it was impossible. I, I just I didn't feel like it, I could have played it forever, and I felt like I would have never been able to beat There's her. a lot of people yeah. say, like, the respecting, which, again, seems to run counterintuitive to a lot of what From Games were designed, where you could really do, well, except faith builds in previous games kind of sucked ass. Right. Um I guess that's not exactly true because there are certain ways to play the game that really would not be successful. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, but the respecting to beat certain bosses seems prevalent. Yeah. It, it seemed like, well, for me, it was necessary. I also, this was the first game I played while I was chatting with a bunch of other friends that were playing it. And the general sentiment up there was uh, it's okay. And for them, I, I, as I said, I never played with other people really. Uh, or gone through it while sharing ideas. They're like, oh, you have to read guides and figure out how to farm ruins and cheese things in order to make it through a from game. That's part of the fun. So let's move to the next point. Yeah. Then. Yeah. It, which that is hilarious because again, we, you know, people like a revelation from the gods, a game that doesn't handhold you yet. Every single one of those guys are running online for, for guides and, 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 and things to figure things out. They're not really figure things out for themselves. They're basing on one someone just so what's the difference between it being in the game in some sort of way in terms of a, a UX design or I don't know how they would implement something like that for, you know, gameplay or and, and what's the difference between, you know, pausing. There is no pause, but pausing or, and, and running to YouTube to watch watch a guide to farm or find this or figure out this boss. I, I don't get the difference. Yeah. I would say that um, when I watch the lore videos. 
So I, I think that's a bit different. No, but although, I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say when I watch them, like a uh, Vita Vidya or however you say that guy's yeah. name, I so wish I had the patience. Same of a kid, really. If I was a kid, if you and I were like back, you know, on Penny Lane and kind of like, I think we might have the energy and patience to really. Do, and we didn't have any other competing games that are and the, the kind of social media and every, all the other distractions we have to deal with nowadays were reduced. Yeah, I think this might these games might be like the. It, I think they would just blow our minds and we would find all these secrets out on our own, just like we did in fantasy star and zillion yeah. and all these other things. Uh, but I think in the climate that exists, I think Miyazaki's maybe real genius is like really embracing that because there is, I do believe there's a psychological difference. It seems arbitrary, but there is a psychological difference between feeling like you took the time. It sounds so weird when I say it a lot. Yeah, yeah. You took the time yeah. to read about it online and you found it out rather than the game telling you how to do it. You and yeah. you feel special for reading it online. Feel special for writing the coattails. Yeah. Of and this. then you could go and share it with your friend who didn't read it online. And now you feel special not only in the game and your accomplishments, but in the kind of in your in your you know your friend group. Yeah. So that I think that's it. That to me, that's it. It's just like it's that little tweak. But if you were if me as if from software would kind of coach you more, then you wouldn't feel special for having learned it. Yeah. Yeah. Lose yeah. that mystique. But yeah, like I, I can't deny it works. Yeah. Because yeah. the obtuseness. And again, it's that double standard. If another game did this, you know, the obtuseness, everything that the, the reviews are filleting themselves over, <laughs> they would be like, I can't, it doesn't tell me what to do. It's strange and I couldn't figure it out. And it's not a FromSoft game. So automatic deductions. Right. But since it is, and they've conditioned the audience to expect it. It's just something that is. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. I guess I just don't buy. I respect the. I can, I can, critically, look at all these aspects individually instead of wrapping them all into one. Right. And I think some of them work, and I think I think some of them don't. I don't mind. The. You know, the lack I, – I don't want someone to hold my hand. We broke this down in our previous conversation right. with tutorials and, and also yeah, yeah. I don't want that. I want right. the game to teach me those lessons. You know, Below, you so eloquently described why Below did it in-game right. and why it was successful. And I think Elden Ring does those things as well. But do you think there could have – because of the game's open-world tour, um, venture into a massive open world, which was a departure – yeah. Uh, do you think it could have did with a little bit more? I would say that it is like, I don't know how, if you maintain the from softwareness, I think it would be incredibly hard to kind of guide you through it, you know, because their model of like little esoteric clues and like a, an item description, or you happen to talk to this. I mean, there's one character early on that you have to revisit a fire and go at night in order for her to appear. And that's a pretty important quest line that you can kick off or miss. And I don't, that's in a, in a, like in a from software game where it's always kind of been about going back, going to the next camp, going to the next fire until you get the shortcut, come to back to the main hub fire. I don't know why you would ever think to revisit a fire. Sure. So like stuff like that is weird. I don't know how they would have done it. Could they have done more of it? I, I'd have to think about that more. Like, is it possible? Um, I will say like, this. I know there's no there's no pause screens, but I I do think, again, this goes back to my hypocritical nature. Like in terms of maintaining difficulty, I don't want them to touch it. I think it's fine. 
I do think since they've never made an open world game, so technically they're not really it's not sacrilegious because this is a first time for them. Sure. I think there should have been some sort of quest log in terms of, I don't mean on the screen mm. and I know there's no pause screen, but yeah. to keep in the vein where you could pull up a scroll or a book that you have. Now you're still in danger. If, right. if, if a monster or an enemy attacks you while you're doing this, you're vulnerable, but right. you know, little notes, I ran into, you know, so-and-so here. Um, you know, I don't know how you do it, but there is a way to do it. And there's also a way where purists could, there could be an option in the, in the thing to just, I don't want that. Right. Sure. You know, yeah. I don't want my, my, my log book or my right. adventurer's book or right. something. Right. I it's not, beyond, no, it's no, not no. beyond the realm of, of reality that an adventure of the tarnished one would have some sort of log for this world. No, that's <laughs> totally true. Yeah. I think, I think that's true. I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I can kind of, I have, I like and dislike, quest logs and stuff like that. I will I say agree. that I agree. I also got, I got, there is so much lore and so many new names and new, like new places to remember. It is almost untenable. So yeah. there, there are definitely aspects of the map. Like you'll go and you, as you explore the world, somewhat guy will mention like the Ultis plateau or whatever. And you look on, and I, I can't remember exactly what the map looks like, but there's definitely things that key characters tell you, like go to this area and find this person. And I can remember looking up on the map, like where, where the hell that place is. And I have no idea where it is. Yeah. Now, I, I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe that the, it, there is no label. on the, There are labels on the map for some areas. And there are labels from other major areas that are key to you knowing like where a boss is or where, you know, where you need to go next. So those little details, I think, could have been tightened up. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I just missed it. You know, that's that's on me, I guess. I will say... The first boss that you have to fight, you are fairly well guided to it. Mm -hmm. After that boss, when I defeated that boss, I really truly had no idea where to go. Yeah. And I spent quite a while trying to figure out what the heck to do. I don't even, I can't even recollect how I figured out where to go. I think I just kind of stumbled on it. Yeah. And that happened a couple times, which is good. And they probably encourage you to go open world, but... That was it was inconsistent. It felt like they channeled you towards the first boss. I agree and there was kind of an obvious main line. And then there was like these offshoots. So you kind of knew you were going off the main quest. And then they kind of dropped that pretense and like, okay, you're on your own. And that felt a little jarring because they, I felt like they'd set me up to be gu not guided, but you had the glowing light stuff and you were supposed to follow that. And right? then it's like the training wheels. It's not even, they're not even training wheels. It's just the, <clears throat> the, the game design structure just it, it's like it, it those things that were holding it in place just let go yeah and this is where i mean this is going to be purely preference it's not i don't think it's a good or bad thing i think right. it could go either way it's preference right. for me i don't like that right i don't like you just it just being okay figure it out i don't like it i just i will figure it out within the context to me i like I don't like games that are just, it's, it's a game. Here's the game. There's no goals. Right. Right. I mean, I, yes, I still know what the end goal of Elden Ring is, but like, <laughs> right. I have this gigantic area. I don't need these things all over. Like I don't need Ubisoft. Right. Not, right. I don't even need, I don't even need 15% of, of Ubisoft. Mm -hmm. Okay. And again, for the purists, they could shut this off if they more like. But in terms of the open world nature, this isn't like 
It's not like playing Dark Souls or Bloodborne. It's not like that. This game is so much bigger in every capacity. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. Compared it's to size, like, it's nuts, yeah. You know, there's this massive world, and as soon as you finish that first major boss, it's just like, okay, now fucking what? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, like, there could have been something. And in terms of going to the story, again, with the lore, I hear Vati Vidya with his gorgeous voice break this down so eloquently. Yeah. And I sit there like this. You know, I yeah. love it. Yeah, it's awesome. But yeah. it's, I mean, where is that in the fucking game? Where yeah. are where is that? Like Bloodborne story and lore is honestly when I listen to that guy talk about it, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Like that is awesome. Yeah. Where was it in the game? I shouldn't have to just and honestly, what he does, who has time for that? And it's funny because fans will take what that guy did. And then be like, oh, well, that's the story. Like, it's all there. Right. Dude, none of that, almost <laughs> none of that is there. 75% of that he took and, and like, wove together from this item that this item. Right. It is impressive. Item, it's a, which, amazing which, what he does. Yeah. And then they're taking out little, um, you know, background things and pulling those forward, which refer to this. And it's, it's honestly impressive. But, like, give me a little more. Like, mm-hmm they will have these cool cutscenes and cool narrative spells, but then it's just like, there's, there's hours and hours and hours of nothing. Right. I just think there could have been more. Like I, I, I like their story and lore and lore is so good. Just give me more of it. Yeah. I, I think that there's, I wish that. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a quest line that I've done in a dark soul, in a souls game that I like, and then like I did it. And they're, they're very few and far between. Most of the time, I feel like I get stuck or I just don't even know what the heck's going on and I forget about it. And, you know, I don't, I don't, I would love it if I got those things like, like Vitavidia gets, you know, like how he gets it at that level. If they could weave that in and I, yeah, I think that would be fantastic. I, it would definitely take away from like I talking don't want about it them, online, but. I don't want everything. Because their their way of storytelling works, okay. And when I see, but when I see other people do it, it doesn't work for them because it's just like I feel like some stories have gotten to the point where like leaving things. Movies have done this lately too. And again, I'm I'm breaking from what we're talking about. I'm using a general example. It's just like <clears throat> films have gotten like, for instance, you know the film The Road. Yeah, sure. And the book, you know, yeah, I never read the book, Mark but I McCarthy. saw the film. Yeah. But say, you know, how it ends incredibly open-ended, right. even in the world, you don't even know what happened in the world. Right. Okay. Right. It works for that film. Yeah. Sure. But there's, for every film that does something like that, there's 20 that try to ape that tile, yeah, that style of open net endedness. Right. And it just comes off to me as lazy. Yeah, sure. Like you couldn't figure out how to tell your story, how to give me what happened in this world and how to finish it. So you're just going to leave it open ended and then say that's smart. Oh, you can figure that out. No, right. Like sometimes you got to tell me what the fucking story is, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think there's a happy medium between that and and like here is every single thing along the way, um, in terms of a, a from game. But I, I just, will say I, on that point, I will say I recently watched The Green Knight, uh, and I had not read the book slash poem, and then I was kind of I did read Beowulf in, in high school. And I was thinking, it. it I, I thought, you know, what Miyazaki is maybe trying to do, or his story writer, of which I guess George R. R. Martin was part of for this one, 
he's almost trying to tell like a surrealist poem about an adventurer, and he wants you to feel like that. Okay. So he, he almost intentionally wants you to it to not make sense. And mm-hmm. but you know that's convenient too. That, that it is that convenient. Was, that was that's a good point. It's but like I, I will say, I definitely always feel in those from games that I'm in this strange, fantastic world. That there's it's bigger than me. It's there's all this lore I could dig into, but I'm I'm, I'm as the character don't have the tools to figure it all out. Blah blah. So in that respect, it's kind of a masterclass. Um, in many ways, like what we're talking about is is a little bit about the meta about what a game is and isn't. You know, and how much should it be about the experience for you and how you feel as the character versus delivering a particular set of achievements or making you feel accomplished or whatever. And, you know, the From games do it probably the best balance of like this immersing you in an experience and still very much like you're playing an action role playing game. You know, it's kind of like this one of a kind experience and this this kind of one of a kind. And that's not one of a kind action role playing. It's it's an action role playing game that is actually its bones have been done in many, many different ways in the past. And it's just modernized Castlevania and Zelda and all this stuff. Um, and combat from like a punch out, but definitely the, the settings and the experience and the grandeur and like the holy smokes, this is bigger than me, and like that's pretty unique. And I think the storytelling that it does fits that kind of oddness. I can't figure it out. There's hit secrets. I I don't know. Like it's, I yeah. guess to 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 sort of wrap a bow on this this aspect of the conversation, in terms of giving more story and lore like rather than me having to go watch a vati video 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 like a lore book that is accessible from the home screen or something to that effect where it would be a completely optional um you know an an opt-in thing if i chose to do that leave the game alone entirely if you want to connect the 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 yarn with the item descriptions and everything that is as it is but then you have this this traveler's guide lore book that you could possibly delve in. I don't know. I will I say, go ahead. I will say on that. I think that the way you picked up stuff into your inventory and the way you organize your inventory should have been better. Because I think, the, I think was, the, the inventory management and honestly, their menu systems for the most part are just bad, flat out bad. Yeah. So there was oftentimes I would pick things up and I would lose them. Like I wouldn't, I'd take me, I'd be like, what the hell? It'd take me a while to find them. And Although I don't think they do a good enough job establishing early on, like from as speaking as a designer, they don't do a good enough job early on teaching you that reading about items makes it so you get these aha moments that make you prevail within the quest. Like they could definitely connect those dots much more strongly. And yeah. it's kind of like, um, so Shovel Knight, right? To totally take a different game to entirely. Does a really great job early on of teaching you that secret walls always have a weirdly shaped block to identify them. Okay. And you kind of hit that that little wall and then you're like, oh, boom, I got a turkey or I opened up a thing and got like a thousand gems or whatever. And then you spend like literally the rest of the game hitting every wall. Always looking, looking for, for all the, these yeah. little walls and stuff, right? Yeah. And so uh, to me, that's, that's you know, it's, it's that's a better way to do it, right? It, like it teaches you this thing, it gives you a positive feedback loop. It's not heavy handed. You learn to like, take all this stuff now if you had that mechanism you also need an additional thing to just allow an average human not a computer to scale with all the different like esoteric 
text and name. it's like reading Similarian, right? Like the Lord of the Rings kind of book. Like you it's read a hard that read. book and it's like, it's insane, right? It's like, yeah. what the hell? And who's that? This guy is almost exactly the same name as that guy, but it's off by three letters. And like, you quickly get lost, right? And unfortunately, from games can, can run into the same problem. And so you need a device, whether it's like, whether it's like the cork board that you draw strings together or you have a way of cataloging or something, you need some device to help a mere mortal piece this together. Because I think if you could do that, it, you would feel smarter for doing it. Sure. And, and it's totally optional. I yeah. mean, because yeah. I don't care what anyone says. There's a better way to do it. I'm not saying we have the answers here. Sure. Yeah. But there is a better way to do that. Right. Because yeah. I think a lot of that narrative and story and lore that they put a lot of time into just it gets it, it's like the sand just falls through your hand and right i i actually think in this instance yes it's it's preference but i don't think there's any way a game a game like this is worse by you knowing more about it right right and yeah. but i at the same time i don't think you're going to lose any of that thing i like what you said i like the feeling that these games are bigger than me Right. You know, like Bloodborne and, you know, Dark Souls, Demon Souls did have it, but I really felt it in Bloodborne. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the, the Lovecraftian nature, the, right. the cosmic horror, but even there was the, there was that. And then there was so much other underneath it. It was just, it was beyond me. And I like that. But right. again, you, there could have been more lore, more story in my face yeah. or accessible to me yeah. that I would not have lost any of that. Like there, Bloodborne's an interesting example. One of the, the one of the, this is a spoiler for anyone, anyone who's not played Bloodborne. But <laughs> the father of Gascone, or however you say that guy's name, is one of the coolest boss I've ever fight. He's a, that was an amazing boss fight. Yeah, it's also it was really ridiculously hard. But anyway, it was a really cool boss fight. And there is a way you get a little like music box or whatever it is that like stuns the werewolf guy. Right, phase three. Yeah. And I knew that when I was interacting with the knocked doors and stuff like that, I had a, a strong inclination that there was some quest in here that I could go and figure out how to get that music box and it would be useful for me. But I actually never got that music box. I looked up a guide on it, like read a guide on it and figured out that music box and then I was able to beat the boss. Okay. And to me, that's that's kind of an example. Now, maybe I was just lazy or I was in a rush or I should have paid more attention and maybe from software as data, like 85% of people get the music box and so it's a great sign. But for me, I felt like it could have been done a bit better. It was a little too vague up to and yeah. i think that is compounded in Ev elven ring because it's so massive the scale yeah yeah so i agree with you i agree with you so where do we go from here um i guess we could go to the more technical aspects um that are really le less interesting in terms of there was a conversation from a ubisoft dev that critiqued the user experience now considering the source a lot of people were quick to jump on him sure but i do think he had a point right um, what, what I, I saw that thread come up. I didn't delve into it. Was it so as a, I used to be a user experience designer at Microsoft. So user experience is like very broad, right? User experience. Yeah, it's huge. Like be yeah, everything, be, right? So I, was he referring to the, like the UI, like the menu system or? Someone had put a point to him. And in that was a criticism of Ubisoft games, which honestly are deservedly so criticized, you know, in everything but the commercial aspect. <laughs> because I think they've, you know, they've made open world formulaic whatever but this isn't sure. a conversation about that and he says no we would have done it better we would have cared about user experience and that and it's you know guys were so quick to jump on him because 
from software games can do no wrong but <laughs> i do think he had a point in in his thing i do think there are a lot of things that were left to be designed like for an, uh, just a small thing like how you navigate what you can jump off and what you can't and what you can survive and what you can't yeah like, that it, is broken because i, I definitely at the end game when i was like kind of trying to figure out like uh which because there's there are different endings in elden ring right i think there's yeah. like six or seven or something and I was trying to figure out which way to fall. I'm trying to get into areas I haven't found before to see if I, you know, want to follow different paths. And there were a couple times where I jumped, and for sure I would have landed on like a pillar and been fine. But because it was in a different zone, it just kills you. Yeah. And yeah, that that's crap. That sucks. You know that that I understand as a dev, you have to make those calls at some point because the world's so massive. But those things do break kind of. Uh, you're feeling that you can explore this world and it's open and all that kind of stuff. Especially for a game that's so crippling, uh, that penalizes you. Yeah, so so aggressively, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like deaths aren't just throwaway things. It's not another life to spare. It's a loss of, you know, 200,000, you know, runes or whatever, or or and just, I like, yeah, it, and there's a thousand other examples like that. I just think there's, and I don't know, man. Like even some some of the way the menus and and the quick swap options are are there, I just don't think they're as good as they should be. I think it's interesting. I will say, I was I've recently been playing the indie game Tunic. Uh, That's, and, how is you know, that game? Uh, I'll come back to that. But I was okay, thinking right. that so you can drink a potion in that game, and uh, it's interesting that there are little touches in Elden Ring that are very smart and do get overlooked. So, for example. In Elden Ring, if you drink a flask and then drink it right away, you'll immediately drink the next one without resetting the animation. So you could like guzzle like three flasks really quickly. Yeah. But Tunic, it doesn't have that. The, the dev made it so you have to like finish animation and then re-drink the next flask, finish animation, re the next flask. And for whatever reason, the flasks do very little to heal you. Okay. Right? And so you you kind of, I felt like, okay, it doesn't heal you enough and the animation is way too slow. Why I really appreciate Elden Ring's design solution there so there are some ux things that are are well done um in elden ring but um like i'm trying to i i when i was playing elden ring i was liking it to um using like almost a tool like blender is a 3d tool i use to build games and that is not at all approachable right Right. it's it's a three it's 3d modeling it's like all shortcut keys the menu is like impenetrable but once you learn it you can be really good at it Okay, and so that that is intentionally like designed sure. for that, and it's it's a it's a, it's well designed for the intermediate to expert user. It's terribly designed for the beginner, mm-hmm. and that is maybe what the Ubisoft guy was saying. That I like, think that's really what, yeah, you this know, is not like, you know, and so there's kind of a the onboarding. Say, yeah, there's yeah. a saying in, in design. It's like you know, beginners are only beginners for a short amount of time. The overall majority of users are intermediate, and equally, mm-hmm. there's only a small number that are experts. So you really should target the intermediate folks to have you got to onboard or else you won't even have intermediate users and you've got to have people that are experts because you that's why you're built that's where you really make your money on those guys right you got to make it for intermediates and optimize for that so i i guess that's what uh from software did but you know to this day i i can't remember how you select your second set of arrows in elden ring right yeah yeah like, like that's weird right like yeah there's some weird yeah. things yeah yeah, and for you know, it it really emphasizes quick swaps and, right. and and weapon options. Yeah, and it's just there's got to be, you know, like I, there's so much we're talking about right now, and I 
I probably should have made notes to this because <laughs> I had this one example of it, it, it something that should be seamless, but it isn't. And 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 it sounds stupid. You know, I'm not grasping at straws. I know what I want to say. I just can't remember sure. what exactly it was. And it's a really stupid decision that should have been streamlined. But I guess on that, one of the major uh, additions, in addition to the open world, was the horse, Torrent. Yeah. Like, what do you think of that? I thought, I thought the horse was done quite well, actually. I like the horse. Now, I haven't played Red Dead Redemption 2. I did play Zelda, like Breath of the Wild. I played through The Witcher. I liked the horse. I thought it was, I thought it was essential in an open world to be able to move around mm-hmm. that quickly. Uh, the double jump was kind of cool. It, in some ways, it's kind of immersion breaking, and I kind of maybe set the wrong precedence in terms of like, Double jump to me is a very gamey, arcadey thing. Yeah. And, and like from an experience perspective, it's fun, but it's not grounded. So like I understand the trade-offs of why they did that. Uh, but I, I like the horse. I it, the horse is that the, the mount is actually a, in for at least I'd say the first half of the game is an easy mode. Yeah, it tri- it trivializes some encounters yeah. because the AI can't really keep up with it yeah. in some ways. Exactly. Like, like a lot of the mounted bosses, and, and if you're on the horse and they're not, you can really take guys out pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, just I, doing, yeah. yeah, in a way, I think they put that in there both as a way to get around the world, but also as a way of saying like, hey, th- if you want to see this world, uh, you know, you can do that pretty easily if you're on this horse. I agree. Or at least a lot yeah, easier than where around. I was getting at in terms of how it affected uh, encounter design and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, and I think they were. I think from software games are also. This is something that games that are talking to think about a lot, uh, especially when they're trying to balance an RPG. I think from software games are intentionally designed so you can over, you can break them, you can overpower. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Yeah. Like, you know, these games, they get such a rap for being difficult, and yes some of them are and and the end game of Elden Ring truly is difficult but yeah. in the wrong ways like right. there's a way to do difficulty right. and there's a way not to do difficulty yeah. but I, I, I honestly I truly believe these games have never been all that difficult when you right. get right down to it like right. they can be difficult you can make them more difficult but if you're trying to win or break the game you assuredly can and you can do it pretty quickly yeah, and, and it's almost, intent, uh, to me, it's intentionally designed in a good way so that you, like, when you you you, fee- you learn early on that there are things in treasure chests or, like, glowing little balls that can get you stuff that is useful and interesting. And unfortunately, it also, because there's a lot of variety, takes you down paths which are totally useless. Like, you might get a sword that seems cool and actually sucks. But there's enough of... And again, the metagame of going into lore and stuff, and not lore so much, reading guides online, there are a lot of ways where you can find interesting pieces of equipment and builds and stuff like that that makes you very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's very intentional, both to make you feel special, to encourage you to read guides, but also to make the game accessible and, and approachable. So in terms of the scope, do you think... Uh building on what you said the rewards for this the the side content and the things you do do you think they were worth it or did you think they just became redundant and you were just doing it to explore for explorer's sake they do start to get a bit redundant yeah and i i felt that in the first third of the game i felt more ma- magic kind of like oh i found this cave and what's in it and then you're like once you find like your 15th catacomb you're like oh okay you know, these these are these are the puzzle dungeons. Like I get mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. and you start seeing the the kind of the the, the blueprints of the thing a bit. Um, 
however, I don't know if so Skyrim to me is the was the best example of a game and it didn't sustain itself for the whole game either, but no. Skyrim was the best example of a game for me that I can remember where I just wandered around and wandered into really, really cool experiences that really did feel unique that I never had any guides for. I just like walked into a vampire cave and like yeah. it was way overpowered. Everything was way overpowered, but I made managed to chip my way through it and then got this like cool orb or whatever out of it. And those like are truly a wood like power or something. Yeah, whatever yeah. it is, yeah. And those are truly like probably the some of the best experiences I've ever had in gaming because it felt like only I did it and I found it without help and it was an emergent story and all this kind of stuff. So I felt more of that in the beginning of Elden Ring than I did at the end. And at the, the end, I was like, what the hell am I supposed to do now? Okay, I got to do this. How, what I, I kept on asking myself, would I have been able to figure that out without a guy okay. or asking a buddy? And it, I, increasingly near the end, I kept on saying, like, no, I'm not sure I would have. And that, that's a bummer. But it also, maybe it's a sign of like, look, I, I feel there's a lot of fatigue in general in the world today. I think I don't have the stamina and energy that I used to have, like, you know, even 20 years ago, never mind, like 40 years ago. And so I can't really parcel that apart, like, you know, whether mm -hmm. whether it's the game's fault or it's more my fault. So. But at some point, it does seem like when the magic wear off, wears off and, and you can't um, have uniqueness with the world this size throughout it's very so hard yeah. does like do you feel that that asset reuse um do you really start to feel it and see it i felt that it's probably one of the best versions of not showing its hand and not showing okay. that it's reusing stuff uh but you definitely can see it and you know i will say that after having designed some games it's very hard for me to even play a game without like looking at all the cracks and like, oh, what, how did they do this little thing? And like, you know, you're almost testing the game as much as you're playing it. But yeah, like I, I felt that they, as good of a job as I could expect, or kind of the, the high bar for AAA games, they did it better than other games have done. I see. Uh, but it's still not perfect, right? Like, no. And, and, and just one of my last points that I saw, I, I do, from games to the point, Sekiro aside, uh, the animation reuse, I think is really, uh, it's it, it it's there and I see it a lot and sure from a, a I'm a critical aspect I think that's something that enough and not enough people really pushed on because I see this picked apart in other games like I'll give you an example the the God of War Ragnarok sequel coming out okay everyone right. after that trailer yeah, yeah, all yeah, over no. the boat animation yeah, yeah okay yeah. one that's one animation in a game that is astronomically gorgeous right right, right? yeah yet we have Elden Ring and there's reused assets from uh, I mean years like a decade back oh sure yeah you can tell they, they have their like model of how to do bosses and what's a giant what's a what's a guy with a, like a spider guy yeah totally yeah, yeah. no it's true so, and that's I, I just think from a critical point I, and it just builds on my point I just think there's a lot of things that for as amazing this game is critically there's some things that that get complete passes that other right. games franchise they just don't get yeah they don't get that hall pass yeah. but all in all i guess we can wrap this conversation up in you know on a, on a really good note i you said you don't really know where it sits in terms of the pantheon of from games yeah if you had to give me your three right now what would it be of the, so my first from game was dark souls 2 so okay. like a lot of people's was Demon Souls or Dark Souls One, but yeah. mine was for Dark Souls Two, and a lot of people hate Dark Souls Two. 
But I, because it was my first one, I thought it was great. It was the one where I was like, this game is totally broken, only a psychopath would play this game. So like, no, 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 this actually makes a lot of sense. It's brilliant. Like that was like, you know, the eight hours or two day, or I can't remember how long it was, but where you go through that transition. And people often talk about that. Like once it clicks, it really clicks, right? Yeah. So, and I only, it's interesting. I only did that because my buddy was like, no, this game's awesome. You have to play it. And I think okay. I played it a day and I was like, you're nuts. This is insane. <laughs> and then he's like, no, no, it's good. Stick with it. And so even as an old school, like Nintendo generation kid, I was even fell victim to the like, the, no, this game is nuts, right? So Dark Souls 2 is up there. I don't know where it ranks. I think uh, I like the opening of Bloodborne better than any of the From Software games. I think it's a masterclass. For me, Bloodborne goes a little bit crazy wackadoo with its story and like it's more like you know what i i almost wished it was was more grounded in the werewolfy kind of lovecraftian stuff rather than the i, I don't even know how to describe it kind of the end it's totally bonkers hey, the cosmic yeah cosmic yeah, yeah like yeah uh i also hated that spider boss and the big open like endless pl plane <laughs> but oh, that's rum yeah that's yeah. Just a random one so i would say um yeah dark souls 2 i've never played demon souls because i've never owned a playstation uh, but I've never played that. So I would say Dark Souls 2, Bloodborne, and then Elden Ring are my top three uh, okay. kind of of all time. If I had to rank them, I probably would put Bloodborne at the top and then Elden Ring and then probably Dark Souls 2. But yeah. Okay. No, I can't I can't say... For me, I can't say anything about Elden Ring yet. I mean, it, it'll right. probably end up there. We'll see. I, for, I'm a... It's funny because like I, I Skyrim is that game that gave me all that magic, but it's yeah. a game I would never want to play again because I think in the grand scheme of things, I think it played like shit. And I don't <laughs> think the I don't think the excuse of well just mod it that doesn't right. fly. To me. Like right, I, right, right. the game is what it is. If, yeah. it, if I have to mod it to make it play good, then so be it. But that experience to me is irreplaceable in sure. so many capacities. Yeah. So yeah. I'm hoping Elden Ring gives me that when I really, really decide to go. Yeah, that'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on that when you're when you're through with it. Um, I will say, I still got more joy out of and uniqueness out of playing through Below than I did Elden Ring, um, and maybe any of the From Software games. If I really think about it, to me, Below better captures the feeling of being this lone character and allows you, you know, kind of in a big dungeon all by yourself, mm -hmm. and allows you to get through the whole thing. And I never felt. Like I needed to reference a guide, or I was unguided, or was too yeah. esoteric. Uh, now it's not—it's like a fraction of the scale of a Souls game. It doesn't have anywhere near the variety. It doesn't have any of the lore. It's all environmental storytelling. But that unique feeling of like really feeling like an adventurer—I think it, it really captured that. Uh, but uh, I'm a firm believer in bigger is rarely better in video games. I truly right. believe that. Yeah. Um, and yeah. we've talked about that again before. I just—you see—the bigger it gets, it's it's harder to fill with quality content and you end up settling for doing a lot of things average to good as opposed right. to doing a few things excellent. But you ever, for any fans out there who really want to look into a masterclass in game design, Steve has mentioned below all the time. So really that's a game and you would recommend that for aspiring game developers too. To, yeah, to I think to understand that the, 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 there's a lot of uh, polarizing commentary on it. Um, there, you know, there's a lot of things it does really well. It's not perfect, like we talked about the no perfect yeah. game. Yeah. I would also say in the same vein, like look at Rain World. I think Rain World does a lot of the same kind of things, captures the feeling of being in an ecosystem, uh, is a different kind of gameplay in that it's 
unforgiving, but you very much are in the middle of the of the ecosystem. You're not, you know, the, the alpha predator, which is an interesting take inside of a game. Uh, you can prey on some things, but other things prey on you. Uh, yeah, I think those two games for me are, and then the classics like Out of This World, Another World. Mm. I think you know is is really is all and flashback. Those games are like must plays. Those four are like must plays. So, I guess for me, number one's Bloodborne, and I don't know. It's it's hard for me. I, I will say as much as I like the Demon Souls remake, I think is incredible. Right, I've heard um, great things about it. But I still, as far as the the gameplay has come so far, that I really feel like it's it's hard for it to stack up with um, Bloodborne or even Dark Souls Three. Like yeah, I just, yeah. it's hard. I, I found it hard to go back and play right. it with with what I knew these games could be. Right. Um, and it's always been. I don't know if you played the Batman Arkham games. You ever played those? I've played a bit of them. I haven't actually played through them, no. Okay, well, there's Arkham Asylum, which is kind of heralded as the best. Yes, um, yeah. And it's the first. But I, I maintain that it's... I think City is is the better game because the, the gameplay additions that are not bolted on, they become essential after you've experienced it. And then going back is really difficult yeah, to digest and... And even the, even the, the locale, it's it's much more limited in what you see. But I do agree that Asylum tone wise is is the best of, of all. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what people gravitate to. But yeah. anyway, no, I, so I, game... I studied the, the Batman Asylum games. Or actually, the lock on system in Unto the End is inspired by Arkham. Where okay, it's like, well, kind of fluid. And, like it's not the you're locked on this guy and then you have to only manually switch. There, there's kind of like a like Arkham games are really great probably one of the best games of doing top-down-ish kind of group fighting mm-hmm. where you mm-hmm. can pivot. You can have a character you're focused on, but you can kind of pivot between guys. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Unto the End used a similar system uh, to that. So okay. I, I've studied it from that perspective. I think that action system is, is uh, much more elegant than, like, the Dark Souls system. It'd be interesting to see a Dark Souls game with an Arkham kind of application, actually. You know, I know we're running short on time, so yeah. we won't get into it, but another day <laughs> it's just I... You know, there was a game that recently came out, Final Fantasy Origin: Stranger of Paradise, and right. um, I, I break that down in my previous podcast. I won't go into here, but the game is just—I don't even know what I, why it exists. But specifically, as to our conversation, it chose to go the Dark Souls route in terms of its combat. Well, Neo, because Team Ninja—they right. take Team Ninja's engine and they worked on it. It's the right. Neo engine, which right. is also Souls Aspire. But I'm telling you, I don't know why they they chose to go that route that game would have been far more served if they went with a again i used this example before but not this specifically but the devil may cry road mm, a more yeah. stylish action game right that yeah. would have fit it far better than right. this stoic stiff slow um running it just doesn't fit the universe and i don't know why so many people gravitate to the well i know why they do because <laughs> they think it's the new hotness right right yeah but it's you got to make design decisions that serve the game, not because of what a trend is, but right, yeah, it yeah. is what it is. So, for me, really, it's like Bloodborne, um, Sekiro, yeah. and and I'd say Dark Souls 3, even yeah. so much as if I love Demon Souls, uh, universe and game. But I think Elden Ring will be there when I uh, when I finish up, yeah, uh, it'll be getting. interesting to know what you think, actually. So, any closing thoughts, or, or you think? Well, that was a lot of fun to chat. I, I, uh, I think you know anyone who's out there should definitely play Elden Ring. That what, and even just you can kind of 
you can take uh you know you can you could take 20 10 to 20 hours of it and get a really good sense of it i agree i, I don't agree. think you need to play the whole thing that's uh, why i was confident jumping in like i have enough experience with these games and you know i've, I've digested enough um to to confidently speak about it no i'm not like it's not like i'm breaking down you know mid game and end game stuff right, uh, right. You know, but yeah. there's just lessons that you can talk about right. so yeah, so, so like uh, th to that end, I would say, you know, anyone who wants to make a game should definitely play it and should learn what it does well and what it doesn't do well, you know, in terms of experience and immersion and making you feel part of this bigger world and giving you choice, but also guiding you, at least in the beginning. Uh, and, you know, I hope someone thinks long and hard how to make a better version of it. It gives us better mm -hmm. stories and figures out a way to connect the dots in terms of narrative and allows you to do emergent storytelling without doing overt hand holding and all that kind of stuff, because I think that's that's where games are at their best. And so, yeah, you know, yeah. And I guess in me, um, from a critical standpoint in closing, I, you know, all those things that you said, I completely agree with. But if you're out there and, you know, don't succumb to, to the pressure of a community, which seems almost cult-like and overbearing at times, because I don't care what anyone says, they really are. Um, these games do have flaws and what, they're not universal. Some of them bug a certain person more than the other person. Sure. But if you feel there are things, don't be afraid to talk about them and voice your opinion, because you have every right to feel the way you, you feel and i just you know don't just because you see the 97 you know what's wrong with me why do i not feel what the you know the reviews sure. are telling me yeah. i think there's a lot of things wrong with this game but that doesn't mean the game isn't amazing and everyone should, should play it you know what right I mean? yeah that's just that's just the way it is so yeah that's uh we can talk about, i think we're going to be talking about this game for a long time yeah absolutely but, um That'll be the end of the critic versus <laughs> dev Elden Ring conversation. Awesome. It was um, a lot of fun, man. All right, man. Uh, we'll talk really soon. Okay. Sounds and good. And enjoy your evening. Steve Sounds good. Dan. Take it easy, right, buddy. Man. Cheers. Peace.